Section 19 of Lost Diaries. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Davis. Lost Diaries by Maurice Baring. From the Diary of an English Governess Residing in Paris During the French Revolution. Paris, October 7th, 1789. I arrived this afternoon after a rapid and satisfactory journey. To my amazement, found that neither the Count nor the Countess were here to receive me. The hotel was deserted, save for the presence of an old servant and his wife, who appears to be the cook of the household, and to combine with this office the duties of hall porter. As I have no command over even the elementary rudiments of the French language, and as the French never trouble to learn any language but their own, communication is a sorely difficult task and results in perpetual misunderstanding. Nevertheless, I succeeded in apprehending from the voluble expostulations and the superfluous gesticulation of the old servant, whose name appears to be Pierre, but whom I have decided to call Peter, that the family had left Paris that they had departed but recently, and in haste, my senses were able to inform me. All over the house were traces of disorder. Some but half-packed boxes had been left behind. Cupboards were open, clothes were strewn on the floor, and everywhere traces of precipitate packing and sudden departure were manifest. I made as if I would depart also, but Peter made it plain by signs that I was expected to remain, and indeed he conducted me to my room which is airy and commodious enough, and where, after partaking of a light supper, insufficient and badly cooked as all French meals, and accompanied by the sour wine of the country, I fell into a comfortable slumber. October 10th, 1789. I have now been here three days, and as yet I have received neither message nor token, nor sign from the departed family, nor can I ascertain from Peter or his wife, the obtuse menials who are the sole occupants of this in some respects elegant mansion, whither they have gone. Whether they are loitering in their country seat, or whether they have started on a longer peregrination. Paris is very full. The streets are ill-kept and ill-lit, a strange contrast to the blaze at night and tidiness by day of the London streets. It is a dingy city, and I think it must certainly be insanitary. The French understand no word of English, and if indeed one ventures to address them, all they reply is, Rose beef, plomb pudding, a form of address which they consider facetious. The house is spacious enough, although inconveniently distant from the centre of the city, but it has the advantage of an extensive garden surrounded by high walls. As for myself, I am well cared for by Peter and his wife. She talks at me with great volubility, but I cannot understand a word of what she says. French is an unmusical language, very sharp and nasal, but not ill-suited to a backward people. July 14th, 1790 Went for a long walk in the city, the streets quiet and deserted. Peter and his wife went out for the day. She is very handy with her needle. I find altogether that the French are quite amenable to reason, if well treated. Of course, one cannot expect them to work like English people, but they are willing and do their best. 
It is unfortunate they do not speak English. Received last quarter salary through the usual channel. No further views. March 4th, 1792. Went out in the evening with Peter and his wife. They took me to the opera house, having apparently received tickets from a friend connected with theatrical affairs. Castor and Pollux was the name of the opera. The scenery was gorgeous, and the ballets very skillfully performed. The opera was given in French, so that I could not follow the words. Weather gray and dark. Boulevards, as usual, ill-lit, but crowded with people coming from the coffee houses, the theaters, and the out-of-door dining houses all singing at the top of their voices. Returned home between nine and ten. March 6th, 1792. Again to the opera house, to hear the Alcestis of Gluck, and to see the celebrated Vestri dance in a ballet called Psyche. Scenery, as usual, gorgeous. Singing, nasal, and most unpleasing. August 13th, 1792. Nothing worth recording. Spend most of the days in the garden. Weather hot. French people vulgar and loud in their holiday-making. Partial also to fireworks, explosives, firing of guns, etc. I now make a point of staying at home on feast days and holidays, of which there are far too many. Sunday, September 2nd, 1792. Read the morning service in the garden. Sultry. January 21st, 1793. Shops shut this morning, although it is Monday. No salary received for the last two quarters. November 10th, 1793. Sunday. Started out to walk along the river in spite of the damp weather. Streets very muddy. A great crowd of people near the cathedral. Caught in the crowd and obliged to follow with the stream. Borne by the force of the crowd right into the church. Deeply shocked and disgusted at the display of Romish superstition. A live woman resembling a play actress throned near the altar, representing, no doubt, the Virgin Mary. Most reprehensible. Was obliged to assist at the mummery until the crowd departed. Think I have taken cold. November 11th, 1793. Have indeed taken cold in consequence of yesterday's outing. Remained indoors all day. Peter and his wife most obliging. They made me some hot negus flavored with black currant. Not unpalatable. November 12th, 1793. Cold worse. Suffering from ague in the bones as well. Shall not get up tomorrow. Peter's wife spent much time in talking and screaming at me, gathered from her rapid and unintelligible jargon that she wished me to see a doctor, shook my head vehemently. She'll certainly not put myself in the hands of a French doctor. One never knows what foreigners may prescribe. January 1st, 1794. Came downstairs for the first time since I have been laid up. Made many good resolutions for the new year among others, to keep my journal more diligently. May 30th, 1794 Walked in the garden for the first time since my relapse. Peter's wife has nursed me with much care and tenderness. 
still very weak. July 30th, 1794. First walk in the city since my long illness. Feel really better. Bought a lace kerchief. October 1st, 1794. The family, that is to say, the countess and her two daughters, arrived unexpectedly in the night. Countess simple and kindly, can scarcely speak any English. Begin lessons tomorrow. October 2nd, 1794. The eldest girl, Amelia, age seven, speaks English, but has been shamefully ill-taught during her stay in England, for it appears the family have been in England. She is sadly backward in spelling, but she has a fair accent and is evidently an intelligent child. Unfortunately, she has picked up many unseemly expressions. The countess suggested my learning French, but I respectfully declined. Reading Pope's Essay on Man in the evenings, it is improving as well as elegant. End of section 19